You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Thanks for being here this morning. I'm going to jump right in. We talked last week and just this reality um, through a vision, not, not a vision, just a word that the Lord gave me that He doesn't desire to fill just one building. He doesn't desire for His presence to rest just upon this church for those that would meet here, but He desires to fill every square inch of sundown Texas. He desires all of this space, not just the ones that we occupy on Sunday morning. And we know this to be true because He filled us with the Spirit of God. We see it in Acts 2 verse 2 when the Spirit of God comes and rests upon the apostles. They encounter the Spirit of God, and then what immediately do they do? They are sent out. So we know that the Lord does not desire His presence to just remain in one place. He desires to fill us and then send us out. He has released us upon the earth. That is a, for me to, to think about this reality that we have been released is a powerful statement, and it puts power uh, upon my shoulders, not, not in a sense that it's, it's a heavy laden, but it, it gives me encouragement to think of it in that light that we have been released upon the earth. To release something upon something else is to imply that what is being released has the power over what it's being released upon. Right? When you release water upon a fire, you don't release it upon a fire so that the fire would grow. You release it upon the fire that the fire would be put out. And we as water to fire, have been released upon this earth. And it's important for us to recognize that, that you have power, you have authority given to you by the kingdom of heaven, established by the Spirit of God, to show the earth the Father's heart for them. Again, 2 Corinthians 5, we are God making His appeal through us. Co-heirs with Christ, and we are, we are ministers in this ministry of reconciliation. And we have seen it. We are seeing it through the testimony of our community. We have seen it just this last week. We got to share this powerful testimony of a man in his home, in his bed, being awoken by the Spirit of God and given a word for another that was laying in a hospital in Lubbock, Texas. And so what does he do? He goes and he prays and that man is healed. And he rises and he's at home with his family today. Praise God, right? Praise God. Is that not worth rejoicing over? That we are seeing... I, I, I don't understand the disconnect and I'm trying to work on it and I'm trying to be real patient and real kind. I'm just trying. We'll see how long it lasts. I'll always be kind, but I might get you guys the five-finger point in a second. But we as believers, you who have attended, who sat in this room, who sat with Randy Winfrey and listened to him preach from this pulpit? Who 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 has heard me speak? All of you are included in that because you're all currently doing it right now. In case you were confused. And not, Randy and I have not done anything in and of ourselves. We have only listened and gotten out of the way as much as possible. That is all we have been asked to do, is release the word that he gives and then move out of their way and let me lead them. That's all the Lord has required of this pulpit, is to be obedient to the word he gives. And that is all we've done, and I hope that you have seen that that's all I've done. But in that, I'm not... I don't understand how we, and this is for me as well, as I caught myself thinking about it yesterday, how am I not dancing in the streets right now? 
at the testimony that has come just in the last two years in this community. The people that we have seen where the world has said this is their end have been restored and are still with us to this day. We've seen the glory of the Lord descend upon physical homes and take people to the kingdom with Him. We have seen Him do miraculous things. So many that I lose count of all that we have seen in this short period of time what the Lord has done in this city and for its people. We have seen miraculous and wonderful things. We have seen the Lord do incredible and wonderful things in this city. Why are we not rejoicing? Why are we not dancing in the streets? Where is the abandoned faith? Reckless abandoned. I don't care what they think because they will see Jesus whether they like it or not. Because He is here and He has come and He is dwelling in their homes. Where are we? Children of God. Because He has done exactly what He said He would do, has He not? He said... To me, in a, just a word, I'm just sitting in my office as I'm preparing and I'm, I'm thinking and I'm, my context was all wrong. And that's why he had to correct me. My context was wrong because I was thinking about what the Lord wanted to do through the, through the lens of what he wanted to do in this building. And he's like, I have no interest in doing things in just this building. I have interest in the community and doing things in the city of Sundown, Texas. I believe there's a starting point and I believe that is this building. Not because of the structure, not because of the walls or the lights, but because of the people that meet here. You and me. The ones who are first willing to receive. But again, he hasn't spoken to us that the word of God would remain in this building. Amen? He has spoken to us that we would be released upon the earth. And he said, as he corrected and reframed the context of what he's trying to do, that I have no desire to fill one building, but every building in sundown Texas. And then what does he do? He wakes up a man in his bed, anointed with the word of God to go speak healing over another who was laying in a bed, and we didn't know if it was his deathbed or a recovery bed. We weren't sure. And the Lord sent him, and that man has arisen, and he's with his family here and now in our community. The Lord has done exactly what he said he would do, church. He doesn't desire to just fill one building, but every building. And what did he do to back up what he said? He filled another building. He encountered another family. He went and he dwelled his presence in another home. And thank God someone listened and operated in obedience. Praise God. That is not ours to wear as the only ones that will do it. We used to. I used to think, if I'm not obedient, no one will be. Who else is there? That is not the case anymore. The Lord has released Himself upon this city. And there will be many that will hear Him and operate in obedience to what He has spoken. Amen? Praise God. We should rejoice. Thank you. Stop. Let's not be heavy laden. Okay? Let's rejoice over our city. Let's believe in the things that the Lord has said He wants to do in this city. And in the families in it. Let's rejoice over over what we've seen in the Diaz story already. But before we move on. I want us to pray right now for the Diaz family. Are you guys okay with that? The Lord just gave me a a word as I was preparing for this morning in prayer, and I just want to pray it with you. Uh, It was was a prayer that was meant for this pulpit and for this morning and for you to agree with as He gave me this vision. And so we're just going to pray right now. So Lord, we pray, uh, Just we, we continue to intercede for this family of ours, these friends of ours. Lord, we have seen miraculous things in their story, 
but the journey is not done yet. They are still in process of healing. You are still healing them each and every day. You are still moving in power and you are establishing more than we could ever fathom. Not just in their home, but in the places that they go. But Lord, right now I speak and I pray the power of God to rest upon the Diaz's home. That the power of God would rest so heavily, Father God, that they would feel as though they are moving through a thick fog. They could not see through as the power of God consumes every square inch of their house. Their physical home, would you consume it? Their property, Lord. That the trees, that the grass, that the rocks on their land would sing praises to God and of the miraculous healing that He is doing before our eyes. That if the children of God will not sing and rejoice, I pray the trees and the rocks would Spirit of God, anoint. Lord, I just see that you would anoint the boundaries of this city. Create a heavenly dome over sundown that as the Diaz family enters and rests in sundown with each second, they would see more and more healing as the presence of God waits for them here in this city and goes with them in the hospitals, Father God. But I just see them passing through this threshold. And as they dwell in their home, that healing would continue. That they would not have to go to Lubbock, to the hospital, to see a continuation of healing, but it would continue around the clock and they would see it magnified in their home in Jesus' name. With each second, they would see more and more healing. That they would carry your presence into the hospitals. Father God, I speak this over this family, that though they are sick, healing would not only flow to them, but flow through them. Father God, you show me Kennedy in, in her bed as she's receiving healing, as she's, as she's getting better, but though fatigued and tired, Lord, she would be empowered by the Spirit and be able to lay hands on those that are sick around her and they would be healed in Jesus' name. That they would see that this is God and God alone at work. Lord, that even in her state, as her body is recovering, as you're... As you're healing her body through this process. And Lord, we thank you for the medicine that is available. The power of technology, the things that we have, the the, the doctors and nurses that love this daughter of ours so much that they would seek and they, they would pray over her before administering medicine. They would seek the Spirit of God first. We thank you. But Lord, we pray through Kennedy that though her body may be ill, the Spirit of God would empower her Lord, that she would, she would be able to lay hands, that as she is, even if she is pushed down the hallway in a wheelchair, Father God, that her presence, the presence of God that would rest on her, as it would pass a room, that room would see healing in Jesus' name. We pray that it would be received by this family in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Church, it's time for us to believe in the impossible things, because who taught us what was possible and impossible? The Lord has never taught us that word. Impossible does not exist. The only thing that is impossible is for those who are in Christ Jesus to be separated from Him. It is impossible. What is done is done. Amen? And it cannot be undone. That is the only impossibility. What the Lord has done cannot be undone. It is impossible to undo it. That is it. Everything else is possible. 
for the kingdom of heaven and for the Son of God. And we get to participate with this in Jesus' name. And we can see that this community will rise or fall, as we talked about last week, based on what we believe about it. There are only two camps. You either believe what God has said about sundown, or you align yourself with the enemy who seeks to destroy this place. You don't get both. It's one or the other. Right? We've heard this often, but you can't be on both sides of a fence. You've got to pick one. And if we disagree, if we hear what the Lord says and ah, I don't see that, or we see a person in Sunday and like, oh, they'll never amount to anything. Ah, I, don't, I don't care for that person. We are aligning ourselves with that which the enemy speaks over this city instead of that which God speaks over it. We cannot be those that align ourselves with the enemy's camp any longer. Who will have authority over your thoughts, church? He who did not withhold his only son but gladly gave Him up for you, who believed in you since the beginning of time. No matter what mistakes you would make, no matter what doubts you would have in Him, He never stopped believing in you and the things that He has said to be true about you. Will you allow Him authority over your thoughts and over your eyes and ears as you look at the people around you, as you look at this, at this community, this city of Sundown, Texas, will you allow Him the authority over your mind to begin to describe and show you what He desires to do here, and who these people around you are. Or, will you give authority of your thoughts to He who has sought your destruction all the days of your life? It doesn't make any logical sense, but we do it all the time, church. We know what the enemy has done to us, what he seeks to do in our story. Time and time again, He has led us astray as we have chosen the things that He speaks to us. How many of us have had to deal with a false identity that was established in us when we were children? So many of us. He spoke that over us. But we still find ourselves aligning our hearts with His. Why? You know He wants nothing but horrible things for your story. Your destruction makes Him smile. But yet we still align ourselves with Him. And I, I think of this often when I think about my, my children and, and being protective over them. I don't want anybody to speak something over them that would cause them to believe something wrong about themselves. Right? It's one of my biggest fears was sending them to school. Nothing, not, not that sundown is, go, is going to do that. It's just a general fear of sending them off to be influenced by others that I have no say in. I'm not there with them. I can't monitor everything that is said. And I have had a genuine fear of what, what kid will I get at the end of the day? Because what if they do mess up? What if they catch somebody having a really bad day and that person just mumbles something under their breath, but they pick it up? Right? Should the Father in heaven have that same fear over His children, speaking these things over those that don't yet know Him? Should He be afraid? Should He be worried about what I might think or say over someone that does not yet know God? He should not be. He should not be worried about what I may say, what I may believe. He should be able to trust us fully and completely that we will only speak that which He reveals. But unfortunately, 
All of us have done it. We align ourselves with that which does not exist in the heart of God for the people around us. We allow past hurt to influence the things that we think about them. Right? And then we think it over their kids. Uh, kid's just going to be, it's going to be just like his daddy. Ain't no good. We do that. We believe that. You are not unified with the Father if those exist in your heart. Right? This is what we talked about last week. I know this is heavy and I'm sorry, but it is important for us to see these things and, and remind ourselves of these things, of how simply we can switch our camp. How simply we can choose to subscribe to that which the enemy speaks. It can happen in a second. And we do it. But the people of God, and praise God for this, what we believe, the people around us will rise or fall to that belief. And so we can believe the things which the Lord has spoken to us for them, and we can wash them ascend to these things. Praise God, right? Praise God. We don't just have to worry. If, if I can think negatively about a person and see them fall, I can think positively about a person and watch them rise. Amen? What camp do we belong to? Do we believe and see only what God has spoken over our community? I'm just going to speak for you. We do, we will. And we will move forward, only allowing the, the Lord to define what we're seeing. Amen? Amen? For there is a measure of the presence of God in this season that can only be experienced when we allow Him to define what, the, what we're seeing and what is going on around us. There is a measure of the presence of God that we can only experience now. We know it's in uh, Psalm 23, and we're going to go there, but we know that there is a measure of His presence in the valley, right? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We know this to be true. We know that there are moments in our lives where we're in the valley and we find a measure of the presence of God that can only be found in that place. It's the same for today. First, let's read Psalm 23. We know this. We know it well. I don't think there's one of us in here that probably couldn't quote this. But I want to read it anyways because it's beautiful and it's encouraging, okay? Sound good? Now I've got the mic, so you get to listen. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's beautiful. The Lord taught me this very clearly. Um, just as, as my, my family was just, we were just dealing with a lot. We had a lot going on um, you know, we, it's, uh, it's, it's really tough, and I know all of you have experienced this to an extent, but it's really hard to see those that kind of originated this family, like the head of your family, your grandparents, pass. Because there's two things that normally happen. People either get closer through that, or they get farther apart. And 
And so it was just, it was a tough season because you're like, what is going to happen? We've lost the head of this family. And then we start immediately, it's, I don't know why we do this, but we turn our focus to selling things that were valuable to them. Like, you know, in my family, we were, we were selling our ranch. Ooh, I just got really loud, Steve-o. Um, and that ranch meant everything to my family. It's in Oklahoma, though, so I get it. I'm not moving back to Oklahoma. I like it here. Um, but we're selling it, and so we're just we're grieving. We just lost uh, our hero, and now we're losing this, and we're just grieving, and we're 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 sad, and and people are just unsure what what tomorrow's going to look like, and it just it's just a difficult time. And what I found was that I could find His presence and a measure of His presence in this place of grief that I could not find outside of it, because it was only for me in that place uniquely anointed for me in the valley. And then he started teaching me upon this this week. It was how completely unique and equipped that presence of God was for that time. He had everything I needed in that moment, specifically for these moments. And church, this is true for every day. Will this day ever exist again? Will the day right now ever exist again? This is a unique day. Yesterday was a unique day. The day before was a unique day. This day will never exist again. And so with that, there is a measure of the presence of God uniquely equipped for today. That we get to partake in, that we get to experience. There is a measure of His presence in this day that I can only experience in this day. He has prepared Himself for us Today, he is, a, he is equipped with all that we need for today. Amen? Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Luke 12, 24 says, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They, neither, uh, they have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God fills them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Do we believe that, church? Amen. He is waiting for us to receive him today for this city to encounter his presence, to encounter the truth that he speaks over this city, we must first receive it, right? Proverbs, right? Yes, oh, goodness. Yes, oh, goodness. That's a yes or no question. There we go. Proverbs eleven twenty four. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. We know that we cannot give away that which we ourselves have not yet received. I cannot give away this measure of the presence of God that is for me today if I myself have not received it. But I'm telling you, there's a unique thing in every day that the Lord wants to establish in this city. But first, we must receive it for ourselves and for our story and for today. For this community to experience the presence of God and blessing of the Lord for this season, we, we must receive His presence and blessings that is for this season, church. And it leads me to this question. Are you experiencing the full measure of the Lord and His presence that is for you in this season? It's easy to at the end of the year begin to reflect back upon the year. Right, And I remember what he spoke in January of what he wanted to do 
in this season. And that season doesn't end in a year. Because the Lord spoke big things over this city that are not yet fully completed, not yet fully done. We're in process, right? The Lord spoke, spoke that which rested on top of the mountain. And He is now leading us up that mountain. That's what He spoke at the beginning of the year. And I'm looking back and, and recognizing that there, there is a measure of the presence of God. There is a measure of His heart that is for and uniquely for us in this season if we are willing to engage with it and if we are willing to receive it. So are we experiencing the full measure of the Lord in His presence that is for you in this season or are we missing out on that which cannot be experienced again because this day will never come again. This day is a gift because I get to experience the Lord in it, uniquely in today. And I'll never get to experience Him today again. Because today will never exist again. So this is the only opportunity I have to experience Him today, is in this day. Ephesians 5 verse 15 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. James 4, verse 13. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time. And then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. The enemy takes no days off. Church, the days are filled with evil. And we know through these two passages that the days are full of evil and our life is but a mist. In comparison to eternity. And the enemy knows this as well. And he knows that he's got a time limit. He doesn't get to exist on this earth in freedom like he is right now forever. There is an expiration date for him. And so he's not taking any days off because he's seeking to take as many of the children of God with him. So why do we take days off? Why do we save for tomorrow what we can experience today? Because I cannot experience the presence of God that is for today, tomorrow. Because tomorrow is a unique day. That's why the Lord says, do not worry about tomorrow. Worry about today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. There is a presence of God. There is a measure of His heart that is for you already anointed for tomorrow. So don't worry about it. Everything you need has already been established and given. The birds of the air neither sow nor reap. They don't have any storehouses to store up food. And the Lord provides for them. Their bellies are full. What more will He do for His own children? The heirs to the throne of heaven. Is there anything? And then we read, Who can stand against God's elect? Is there anything? There is nothing. So why worry about tomorrow? And why save what we can experience today for tomorrow? Because you cannot experience it tomorrow. Because what the Lord has released today is for today and for today only. And it is to bless tomorrow. But tomorrow cannot bless today. 
That's part of the issue that we have. We've talked about this time and time again. But we have our focus so often on the past. And we can't undo anything. Right? So oftentimes I have this conversation in Sundown, Texas. I know many of you have had it. Uh, They talk about what Sundown used to be. I'm not concerned with what Sundown used to be. Because we can't create that again. Because what Sundown used to be could only exist back then. It can't exist now. And I'm not talking, because the, and and this is just the the reality of the people aren't here. The times are different. The world, the way things are done, it's just different. It cannot be done. It cannot be done. So why worry about it? Instead, allow the Lord to establish today what will bless tomorrow. Allow Him to lead us into equipping and building a sundown that is meant to exist now, not then. Meant to exist today and bless tomorrow and continue to increase this new city that He desires to bring. I desire to see a new city of sundown Texas because I also know that in the heyday of sundown, as so many call it, there were many churches. So there was a lot of division. People may have gotten along just fine, but they did not worship together. That's a problem that we in society need to recognize. That's not healthy to divide the body of Christ based on your preference of Jesus. How I desire to worship Him. I don't like how they worship Him. Uh -uh, That's not for me. The gospel, again, we talked about this as well. It's not a buffet. You don't get to pick and choose the pieces that we like. It is in its entirety, the transformative power of Jesus Christ. Amen? That is the gospel. All of it. Not part of it. All of it. We've talked about this. We cannot, if we divide what we like, then what we can only hope for is to receive the fullness of God in part. Because we can never receive it in whole if we ourselves are divided. Can't happen. Cannot happen. So why do we concern ourselves with the past? Because the Lord has been leading us, believe it or not, to this day, here and now. And He has a unique measure of His presence that is for us today and for us to establish in this community today. But again, I can't establish what is meant for today. I can't establish it tomorrow. I can't take the day off. I can't stop engaging with the presence of God today and hope to to make up for it tomorrow. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. That is not how it works. The Lord is here today. Will you receive Him as He's come? In your own story, receive Him in the measure of His presence that He has for you, uniquely equipped for you in this season. Right now, will you receive Him? Because this community cannot receive Him today if the children of God have not yet first received. We must be the ones that lead the charge. Amen? We must be those that receive first. We cannot fix, we cannot wait to fix today, tomorrow. We talked about this, this great faith that we have in the coming back of Jesus and praise God that Jesus is coming back. That is something to rejoice in. But what if He comes back for not something broken, but something restored? Why would He release us in this ministry of reconciliation upon this earth for it to stay in its current state of brokenness? 
He's released us to bring restoration, right? What is the ministry of reconciliation? God reconciling the world back to himself. And we are ministers of this ministry. So our charge is to reconcile the world back to God the Father. Amen? Amen. So what if he comes back? And he will come back. But what if he comes back to something restored and reconciled? Instead of something broken. Like we tend to just be okay with. That will not happen. He will come back and find something restored if we, the children of God, will receive how He's come today and engage fully with the presence of God in our own personal stories. That's how it happens. You have to engage with Him, church. You must be a people after His own heart. We must be a people after His own heart. And in your life, In your own walk, in your individual life, you must seek Him. But He promises that if you seek Him, you will find Him. So it's not hard. You must knock. And He promises that if you go knocking, He will answer. He is ready and always excited and eager to reveal the deep things of His heart to those that are willing to go look. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing. And oftentimes, He doesn't wait for you to start the journey of looking. He doesn't wait at all. He just waits for you to start putting on your shoes because you're going after Him. The second you put your feet in there, you haven't even laced them up. He brings revelation. The Lord convicted me. uh, Not convicted me, but He... I don't like that word, but he, He showed me a piece of my life that was missing. And for me personally, that was fasting. He wanted me to have fasting in my life. It needed Jesus in his first sermon preached on fasting, so it's probably important. And he wanted it back. And I just remember waking up one morning. It was a Wednesday morning, and I said, you know what? You're right, Lord. I'm just going to do it. I was brushing my teeth. I had not yet. I hadn't even gotten dressed yet. I hadn't done my hair or anything. It's just a wild mess. Brushing my teeth, though. I had good breath. That's it. And he starts bringing revelation as I'm standing at the sink. It was like the second I said, yes, I'll go looking for you. I found him just like that. He's not this, he's not this hidden treasure that you've got to trek through the forest on this difficult map. He'll lead you to the deep places of his heart. He's just looking for those hearts that are willing to go looking. If you're willing, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how far I have to go. I just want to find the deep places of God. Those people will find Him instantly. And it's a beautiful thing. So church, in your life, seek Him and find Him. Go knocking and it will be open. Be an explorer of the heart of God. Receive the deep and wonderful things and recognize every day with excitement, I pray, over your story. That as your head would lift itself off the pillow in the morning, you would be filled with excitement, recognizing that you get to experience and establish the kingdom in a brand new way today, in a way that will never, has never been seen and will never be seen again. And you get to be a part of it. What an honor. How exciting is that? What a joy. What a joy it is to walk with the Lord. Because there is a measure of His presence that is for each and every day. Uniquely equipped, full of blessing, full of love, grace, and mercy, and kindness, and joy. 
and it is waiting for me before my head even lifts off the pillow before I take my first step. There is a measure of the presence of God that has been anointed for this day. And it is not for tomorrow. I can't experience it tomorrow. But I can influence tomorrow today. I can drastically transform what tomorrow will look like if I will engage with the Father today. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.